shenanigans with your girl, me, Jess V, a podcast where I, Jess, can hang out with all of my friends, where we chat all things adulting, dating, health and wellness, and everything in between. So grab your favorite drink, your drink, and come kick it with me and all of my friends, okay? <laughs> I'm a mess. <sighs> Hello, hello, and welcome to Top Foolery and Shenanigans. Ooh, it's your girl. It is me, Jess V, holding it down here in Chicago and living her best, best life. Well, trying to at least. We are still in the middle of a whole fatamoramic, and Miss Rona is still out here in these streets, even though the vaccine says, hey, girl, we is here. Let's get these needles up in these people's shoulders. And if you are getting the vaccine, kudos to you. Um, but I am happy that... We are here on a beautiful, beautiful Friday, and I'm so glad. I don't know about y'all, but the sun has decided to, like, peek on up over the, the clouds and out of the, the snowy snowies that is. And I've actually had a chance to take walks, and I've actually had a chance to, like, ride my bike. It's been beautiful, and I'm hoping that it stays, that it absolutely stays. And... Fun fact, I had to re record this again because I'm a silly, silly broad, and um, sometimes I forget to press record. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's okay, we're here. <laughs> and I'm still out of breath. I don't get it, but it's all right. We are loving our best lives, but I am so excited about who we have here today. She gets to get like two intros. <laughs> and okay, first of all, let's just talk about how dope she is. She is like so dope that her hair does this like amazing quaff. I'm gonna call it a quaff. Like the way she pins it and puts it back, I'm telling you, like brings her face out and her face is so pretty. She's so cute, she's so amazing. And she just, ah, you wanna hug her. But she is talented, she is amazing. She is so dope. And I'm saying this from experience because I have shared the stage with this dope human. She's funny. She's so passionate and she's compassionate, which I'm telling you is can be really hard thing to do at the same time. She's full of joy. She has, she's so insightful. She's funny as all get out. If you like legit funny, because she's also, you know, she does this clown thing. So, um, so she's like funny, like human funny and like funny, like artistic funny. And it's so great. And I love it so much. <laughs> And she's looking at me like, damn, girl, you're crazy. Yes, yes, I am. It is very cool. <laughs> it's so awesome. She is the absolute sweetest. And if you ever, ever, ever just needed a listening ear or even just like a hug or some affirmingness, this is the person for you. So without further ado, do a do do, a skabooba do boo boo, <laughs> and all of the dooby do doos in the world. I am excited to bring you the one, the most stylish, the most funniest, artistic, creative, amazing, compassionate, a queen, a diva, so to speak. The one, the only, y'all, I'm really excited she's here. I really am. I don't want to do it myself. <laughs> Miss Molly Brennan. I think the thing may have happened. Did the, the thing, thing happen? Did the thing happen? Did you freeze a little bit? 
I, I just got the message that my internet connection is unstable. Man, y'all, we are playing. We're It's like Zoom roulette right now. So, <laughs> and I am here for it. We're living on the danger zone. Cue. It's all right. <laughs> the, the little G gods are on our side today. <laughs> It'll be fine. But oh my gosh, hello. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, it is a, it's a mixed bag, Jess. It's a mixed bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a, uh, this is, this has been a really interesting year. Ha- happy anniversary, by the oh, way. Happy oh, anniversary yes. of, of quarantine. Oh, yes. Um, yes, that is true. Molly is on, uh, she's recording on the day, the, the day slash weekend of when uh, the world flipped, turned upside down. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, tell the people what you do, who you are. Give us, <laughs> give us your res. <laughs> Oh my gosh. In a bio. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been an actor in Chicago for a hundred years. I, I, um, I guess my, the way I, the way that I date it is that my last, uh, real job was, uh, in 1999. So I've been a professional actor and teaching artist since 1999. Um, and, uh, done a lot of physical theater and circus, uh, a lot of devised work in Chicago. I've, I've, uh, done everything from Fly Honey Show with you, um, to, uh, The Goodman and Steppenwolf and Looking Glass and Lyric Opera and Second City and like all of the places and then the smaller spaces in the ATC and the house theater and, you know, uh, um, Listen, when I tell you Molly has been on, on everybody's stage, <laughs> she's been on everybody's stage. I have gotten around, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, she, she been, she been on these stages and getting around and, and playing and whatnot and absolutely amazing at it. You well, are so brilliant to watch. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah. And, uh, so I, I do that, but I haven't been right yes. because we haven't been. I actually just did a little TV thing that um, I hadn't been on a set of any kind, and I was for the first time uh, last week. Um, it was really oh, nerve. Right. It was nerve wracking. Um, uh, the the COVID uh, stuff because I've you know I just haven't been around people. Yeah. Um, but I think I did all right. Um, our friend Vic Winters was in the uh, oh, in it too, yeah. so uh, I got to see them, which was awesome. Um, and then, I mean, I guess the other kind of news, the news that I'm pretending is important news for me, is I'm turning 50 in April. Throw the whole stage array, because you look literally, okay, y'all, Molly had is going, she has this hashtag, like 50 to 50, right, or... Um, 50 days till 50, 50 yeah. 50 days till 50. And when I tell you, I had no idea she was even in her 40s. <laughs> so for you, you, I, okay. I, I, I don't know. It's, you look ama- like amazing. And I'm not one to be like, hey, girl, hey. But like, 
I'm shocked because you look nowhere. I'm, granted, what does 50 look like these days? But I would not put you in. I literally thought we was like in the same boat. We is not. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't know what to say to all of that. I, uh, yeah, drink, I drink a lot of water. Um, <laughs> water good. Do you have a skincare routine? Cause you don't, you know, I don't, I'm the worst. I like, don't, I'm, I just think I have some, uh, some genetic thing because I do not, I, I don't care about, I mean, I, I wash my face and I put, but like, I'll put hand lotion on my face. Like, I just don't care. My girlfriend, like, I like has like fancy, um, fancier skin routine. And sometimes I try some of her stuff, but like, for the most part, I'm very like, you know, Noxema and... <laughs> Remember Noxema? Yeah, that I may do. be an outdated product. I do. I was like, well, take me back to the 90s. Yes, I do remember that. That is so brilliant. Oh, my God. I also thought of Zima. Like, the remember the wine cooler? Oh, yeah, Zima. The, like, the, was that the start of, like, how do we really get underaged people to drink? Like, yes. You know? <laughs> terrible First, trend like, in my card lemonade back in the day was like zima now granted i was not old enough to drink the zima but <laughs> i do remember the zima there was enough cookouts i've been to where the zima was present oh my gosh y'all for those watching on the patreon you can see her face but those just listening just go follow her over at monster clown on there on the ig and you all are gonna be like what where <laughs> I mean the hair and the hands actually my hands um got me into a bar when I didn't have my ID with me because my hands are about 80 years old my sister calls them my RIP hands um she says they're gonna beat me to the grave okay. so <laughs> my hands betray my age and maybe are, are older and then my joints are horrible from doing all the circus and and stuff so like my joints are 80 my hands are like 106 uh it's like you know the rest of my body takes it on like uh, like you know uh, the picture of dorian gray yes. by oscar wilde it's like that but all <laughs> contained in one one body instead of a painting and your face is like 38 <laughs> right <laughs> but like my hands are like exactly Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Y'all, she looks good. That's that's the whole point of, of of our time of sitting here saying she looks amazing. She looks amazing. Well, I know like today is like <clears throat> the 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 day, the week when the world stopped, right? It's just like everything started shutting down. And honestly, it was like a week like maybe that week of when people were getting the emails and the phone calls or whatever else, how they were getting the the information that we were going to go on a four, two month. I mean, this is when we thought it was going to be like, you know, <laughs> two month quarantine. <laughs> lies, I tell you, lies, lies. If we were New Zealand, that's what it would have been. You know what I mean? It, that I was not unrealistic 
for somewhere to have it be a two month thing. But for us, no, we, we did a, we did some American exceptionalism and dragged this thing out. We're still dragging it out. (laughs) We were, but we did the most American thing. The most just selfish thing to do is like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're gonna show out and tell the world that like, we're gonna do this for two months, but not really do it. It was like wild. Do you do you know or remember what you were doing or uh, what you were doing during that time? Well, I'm gonna make a confession. Um, I I wasn't so sure this was so bad. Oh. You know, I I don't I don't trust anything the government says. Like so so I was like, and it wasn't until the man that was president at the time said um, that he didn't believe it, that I was like, wait, hold on. If he doesn't believe it, then it's probably true. Um, but but I was like, you know, the, they, the media is always trying to scare us into whatever. So like, I was pretty um, cynical and, mm-hmm. you know, like I was like, mm, let's see, let's see how bad this is um, uh, up until, uh, about yeah probably this day last year and my girlfriend and I um, run a DIY uh, music uh, venue uh, and and we had this discussion of like I think we need to not we need to cancel the upcoming programming and I remember feeling re- really conflicted because mostly I was like I think I'm getting, you know, I think we're getting tricked. I don't think this is as real and as terrible as they say it is. And so like I was, but I was like, but uh, I also don't want to be responsible for people getting sick and dying. Mm -hmm. So let's do this and apologize for it later. And of course it was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, But I do remember at this time still being like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what are they trying to sell us? Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is real. I was just getting a bunch of emails and I actually, I was on a date with the dude <laughs> during this time and we were like, man, I think the thing's about to shut down. And you're like, yeah. And they had just started shutting down bars is when um, I was like, yeah. And then I, and then I never saw him again. Thank God. But um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be on the date anyway. <laughs> I had no desire to like, uh, anyways, he was a hot mess <laughs> at the end of the day. But that was what I was doing. And then I started getting emails that all my speaking gigs were closing down um, or, or the, everything was just stopping. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to do this for like two months because that's what eight weeks. And then Molly, those eight weeks. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. A year later still like uh, who knows even with all these vaccines i'm like um okay cool like get them vaccines i'm here for it go on and get them vaccines but it's also just like what we i still don't want to be like oh are we gonna have a regular summer now that everyone has these getting these i i'm not trying to put my eggs in the basket of like the what ifs, you know, hell, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So let alone for me to start planning for a, a summer. Molly, no, man. I know I, I've, and, and I saw, uh, in, I don't know if it was the sun times, one of the big papers, it was like, 
you know, that uh, they were signing off on some of the festivals and stuff. And I was like, maybe, you know, like Taste of Chicago. And it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll happen. <laughs> I will not be there. <laughs> well, I mean, Taste of Chicago anyway. Jeez. No, oh I'm not. <laughs> I, uh, I remember. Why would I go this time? I, I know, right? <laughs> I remember the taste when I was like 10, when it was like cool. And then, uh, then what's his face got a hold of it. And then it was jealous, just like the mayor before this one got a hold of it. And I was like, well, what do I need to go there for? You got me paying money to see people now. Remember I can just go up here and sit on this line. <laughs> right. It is wild. Well, you know, I, I love everything that you have been putting out on IG as far as like content. Like, I don't know if your intent was to do content or if, or if it was just like, how do I continue to do this art thing or to tap into this like creative aspect? Like what, what has gotten you to like do that on the IG? Cause it's like good shit. It's like content, like really good stuff. Oh, well, that's so nice of you to say. I uh, I, I mean, a couple of the things that are on there are things that people asked me to do. Really? Um, yeah. So do you know uh, the there's a show, uh, This is Gay News? No. Um, it's Henry Starr and a collection of other geniuses. They do a monthly, like, comedy news show. Um, uh called this is gay news it's on youtube um and uh they asked me to do a a spot for prepping so i i made a little film um that's kind of a bite-sized like 30 day like a 30 day um uh prepper thing um so like you know that's one of the that's one of the items on my on my ig um and then the the um CSA was like, Hey, can you do an unboxing video for us? And I was like, yeah, all right. And so, so, so like some of the stuff is people are like, will you make a thing for this? And, um, to be honest, I work best that way, awesome. like with like an assignment, I have a harder time assigning stuff to myself, but, mm -hmm. I'll, but when I want to do a thing, I kind of just put my clown nose on and do normal stuff. Um, but like the clown nose, like lets me, um, see how, uh, magical or absurd or ridiculous, like normal life is. And so that's how some of that content comes about. It's just from like, yeah. yeah, I, I love it when I, if I'm scrolling and I say, I was like, we're going to stop. She has a red nose. This is just going to be fun to watch for five <laughs> seconds. Cause you're probably just like standing there opening a door, like doing something like brilliant. Or the most recent one is when you opened up the butternut squash. And I was just like, I need to watch this a few times to really grasp what I'm watching right now. That, the, the butternut squash is one of my finest uh, pieces because people see all kinds of stuff that I did not intend. Like there are so many interpretations of what is happening there. Um, and, and when you break down the actions of it, I cut open a squash and I look at it and I look at the camera and that's like the action. That's it. That's all that happens is I, uh, I guess I, it, it is near my crotch when I open it. So there's, I mean, there's that, but, um, but yeah, that was, that, that 
gut response, like a greater response than I would have anticipated. It was, oh, a good it was one of my favorites. I was, I just kept watching it. So I was like, there's just so much here. This is art. This is what we call art. <laughs> and it was just so brilliantly done for literally like five to 10 seconds. It was like the smartest, like you're so smart. And I think that's why I love your IG. It's like this, this level of smartness. And then you just hit us with some like real shit. And you're like, ooh, the amount of things during all the uprisings, right? The George Floyd's, the Sandra Bland's, I'm not, uh, well, Sandra Bland, may, may she rest as well, um, Breonna Taylor. When everything was like popping off, we thought the world stopping was going to be the thing. And then May hit, and then June hit, and then everything. And then before you know it, we're protesting and Black Lives Matter and, I, I, I like to say 2020 is when a bunch of white folks were just like, what? Racism? Is this a thing? <laughs> like, it, it's so wild. And it and in a sense, also very annoying, to be quite honest with you. Um, and in the last episode, I was talking about how, like, 2020 was just, like, just an awakening for many people, be it those who walk in marginalized groups for however that affected them, to just white people coming to this like place of like all this has been happening and I didn't know it or has all this been happening? I knew it, but chose not to see it. Right. So like, there's so much that was going down. And I think that's the other, I mean, I love you in general, but your IG is just a perk. It's like a, it's like a cake. And then there's these icings and these sprinkles. And then you just, you just keep adding these sprinkles. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think you're talking about like when I was like, Hey, white people, what yes. are we doing? Like yes. those, those it's kind those of ones. And you still, and you still put those out and oh my gosh, you still put those out. I think you put a post of allyship, like just like a couple of weeks ago. Am I correct? Yeah. Like within this year. And that is what's one of the dopest things. Um, I think that I love about your IG as well is that you've been so consistent. Oh, good. So well, that's consistent. good. So consistent. And I also know you personally. So like, I'm like, yeah, of course she is. But like, if I was just another person just like coming through, I will know what you're about. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, I actually, um, one of those, uh, I think because, you know, I got off Facebook. I mean, I deleted Facebook. Like I got rid of it. It was such a good choice. Um, and, you know, Instagram has a different flavor to me. I, I have a different relationship with it. Um, and that one of those posts, those anti-racist posts actually got me some like the first of like Instagram um, hate uh, trolls, really? um, like some white supremacist, like, uh, yeah, in my DMs, um, mostly because of my, what I considered to be a very practical application of like, how do you not, how do you, how do we live in the world currently and not utilize police? Mm. Um, you know, like I, I was like, here, here are other ways to think about um, and, you know, m many of the ideas I presented were not mine. Um, they're, you know, they're decades old uh, practices. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that I kind of shared my own journey of the, my commitment that I made in 2015 of like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a white person. My relationship to the police is 
is different um, than the relationship that my black friends have with the police. Um, my my uh, my gender, my cisgenderness, like different than trans people have with the police, right? L potentially, the police are useful to me, right? But I. I boycotted in my own life. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, and so there's a, there's, there's a post about like, just practically like what that looks like yeah. um, and how to deal with the things that people think you need police for and how I have. And it really uh, garnered some negative attention and people saying I was dangerous and like say, like threatening me and saying, I was like, you're dangerous and I'm coming for you. And I'm like, wait, who's dangerous? I'm at my house. Like, <laughs> also, do you know me? Like what? <laughs> I'm at my house trying to not get people killed. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I think that's not dangerous. Exactly. I think exactly. that's the opposite, but you know, it's a dangerous idea, I guess. Yeah. So. Oh my, that is, I was going to say wild, but child, we know that ain't wild. Just folks just, folks are wilding and uh, they will find their way into a DM or, or just on in some way to, to debunk uh, thoughts around things that they don't agree with. And unfortunately, uh, <laughs> time, these times of racial injustice and <clears throat> police brutality and all that shit. It's just like, people are really trying to find ways to like, not listen. And I'm not surprised folks are up in there, but I'm also just like, y'all are dumb. <laughs> well, they're, they're clinging to a paradigm that works for them. Yeah. And they fear that a new paradigm won't work for them. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. It's yeah. just, it's just not true that the, um, the ways that that the smartest scholars and activists and human beings on the street are imagining our new world um, doesn't exclude people, no, <laughs> right? I mean, it excludes behavior, mm -hmm. right? Like, but but overall, these what what folks are working toward is not like and all the bigots are going to be executed. Like that's, you know, like we may say it, <laughs> but like the, you know what I mean? Like in the actual um, conversation and, and writing about uh, how, how to create a better world for ourselves. The idea is, is that it's going to be good for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to be much, 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 much better for some and much, 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 much worse yes. for others. And, yes. but it, the the weird population are the people who aren't doing that much better, mm -hmm. but they're, I'm not sure what that relationship is. They think it could be them someday. They don't want the opportunity to be taken away that they too could be an exploitive billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, instead of realizing that actually they're closer to the rest of us, they're struggling, yeah. um, they're struggling because capitalism is a is a cruel um, and non-humanitarian system, and you know so like, but there it's it's those are the people that like attack a, a person like me on on the internet, and I'm like, wait, you don't like, what are you even protecting? Like you don't have capital, you don't have stuff, like <laughs> you're working way too much and somehow pride 
proud about that. Like I'm working three jobs and it's like, that's not good friend. That's not a good thing. Do you like, that's fun for you. That sucks. Like you can't live your life. You know, from your profile, I see you really enjoy guns. Like, wouldn't you rather just be like out with your friends, with your guns in the, you know, firing range? (laughs) Instead of working three jobs to barely survive because you're a proud American. Like, come on. Yeah, I I love that analogy. It's like you've got three jobs and you are proud of those jobs. But also the real question is, why do you even freaking have three jobs? Like you shouldn't have three jobs. But capitalism and it is is a is a bitch. And folks are out here with three, four jobs, especially during times of Miss Rona. Everybody's trying to find a penny or not even have you know, and like, we have to uh, hope, want, wish uh, government, whatever that may be and look like, uh, can support the peoples. And that's all peoples. I think that's another thing we have to think about is like, it's it, I like you were saying, folks who are out here doing the shit and doing the work and activating is for eh, for all for all, for equality. And yes, we probably need to focus on folks, really marginalized people, black, Asian, um, LGBTQI, like get, let's get that together. Cause we got some historically marginalized things happening there so that we can even get to support in everyone. But you know, but people don't wanna, they don't wanna listen Molly. <laughs> I just don't know. I know what it's like to be ignorant. Mm. I know what it's like to not know things. Mm. Um, I don't know what it's like to cling to cruelty. Mm. Once I learn a thing, it doesn't take me long to get there. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's where, what I don't understand. It's like mm-hmm. the, the idea that people who are poor deserve it or you know that that like I'm like really that's where your mind goes uh you know the idea that I don't want my tax dollars to go to wheelchair ramps what you don't like that's what my like if we're gonna have a state we can talk about whether that's a good thing or not but if we're gonna have a state then the thing the state should be prioritizing are are the people not itself not the the state shouldn't be taking care of the state it should be taking care of us and put like yeah putting in wheelchair ramps like that's that's awesome that's a good thing that's a good thing what's needed (laughs) because you know ableism and able bodies and not able bodies we all everyone need to walk in this walk and roll in this world however they see fit and so wheelchair ramp supports a group of people so they can have accessibility Right. So imagine being in the mind that's like, no. Yes. I'm like, who? What? What's wrong with you? Like, what? No. That's too much. I don't want to put my money towards that. When you probably have an auntie or an uncle or a cousin or somebody who probably doesn't have that access, and you are honestly just saying no to that person. Your own people. Yeah. Your yeah. own people. And I realize that's a very. Um, I don't know, very, 
that's something that many, many people can see and understand. A wheelchair needs a ramp. And, and to extend that to uh, the other oppressions, um, specifically anti-Blackness, right, yeah. in our country, that, that people, again, you, you give them all the, well, look at what the country's built on. Yeah. Like, we built the country on this. Look yeah. at these numbers. Look who has the money. Look who doesn't have the money. Mm -hmm. Look who has the power. Look who doesn't have the power. These are, mm -hmm. this is data. This isn't a story. This isn't my experience. This is data. This is hard facts. Who's in prison? Who's in the government? You know, all of these things. Yes. And still, again, they're like, no. And you're like, what? What do you mean? No, like, <laughs> what, tell me what you think. I'm just curious what is happening upstairs in your brain of yours. Like, someone tell me what? No, I mean, that's not. That's not true. It's like, <laughs> how is it not true? What is? I I don't mean to make light. Like, it's fucking serious. Yes. But the, this is. I just that mentality is very hard for me to. Like I said, I understand. I understand ignorance. I understand not understanding something. I understand defensiveness. Mm -hmm. I understand someone saying, hey, uh, you're kind of responsible for this and feeling defensive. I understand that. What mm -hmm. I don't understand is clinging on to a series of systems where human suffering is kind of integral to it. Yeah. And, and like loving that system. That's, that does, doesn't make any, like, I just don't, I, I can't relate. It's very hard to understand. That's, that is so true. I was going to say that for me, sometimes it gets challenging to even want to engage sometimes if people are just not getting it. Um, like I can get engaged up until a certain point. And then up until that point, I'm just like, this conversation is suiting no one. We're just talking in circles. We're just talking up against the wall. And it, neither of us are even coming to any sorts of consensus or understanding. How do you even, what it, how do you even get through like challenging conversations like that? Is that a question for me? How do I? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I gotta admit, I, I don't have a lot of success stories, mm. you know, um, at that level. Uh, I, I, um, I feel like the, the most fruitful conversations that I have with people who either, you know, they hold opinions based on their life experience. And so they just haven't been introduced to like what reality is yeah you know I mean I know it's all subjective but but you feel what I'm saying like they they don't um they've they've bought the American dream but they're not like inherently bad people yeah they just don't know those yeah. those are the conversations where I can do things like point to data you know and say hey that this is this is how it is like these yeah. are the numbers these are the dates you know yeah. Here, these are the dollars. Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, you know, so, so people who might at the top of, of that conversation, which in my experience is not like a conversation, but a series of conversations. Um, you know, I'm thinking about family members and, and yeah. people I've known a long time who are white and who just, you know, haven't had to deal with, um, 
racialization, you know, just haven't, haven't dealt with it. Um, that the, the numbers and data and sharing personal stories of other people helps move their mind from America's the greatest place on, on earth, capitalism works if you work hard, that, that there is a, there is a movement that can happen. Yeah. But this other thing, the, the kind of abject cruelty, um, I've never, I, I don't know that I've, I've ever made that dent mm. with someone. I think that if it's someone I don't know, then like, they're just fighting with you on the internet. If it's someone I do know, uh, the relationship ends um, because I'm either not allowed in their house anymore <laughs> oh. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, uh, that sort of thing. But like getting on the same page with people about values, about like what pe- your values are is like the tool now. And it's, it's all the rage, yes. um, you yes. know, identifying values. Yes. Uh, and I think there's a certain amount of, um, of value. I think there's a certain amount of value in, uh, in, trying to figure like be like hey so like what are your values before you even start talking about something uh like state sanctioned racism you know that that you're just like so what you know what are the things that are important to you um and then then we can address you know if if compassion you you mentioned compassion if if compassion if someone's like i'm compassionate then you can like lean into in you know like oh let's like let's look at that value so you're compassionate you know the this thing now if they're if their values are like greed um (laughs) get as much as i want bitches you know like (laughs) naughty bitches in house (laughs) then (laughs) it may be like oh i don't i don't know if i'm gonna have this conversation with you because i just don't know that it's gonna be worth my time um and and that's not to be irresponsible it's just to be realistic about where to make the change this idea that there are the movers the the movable and the immobile like those are like the the people and there are those of us who are like the like we want to move things we we want we want change we want you know we're we're the radicals we're the you know and then they're the mobile people, the movable people who can be um, influenced. Um, And then the immobile are like just a time and energy suck. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the hope is that like, hey, when we build this awesome horizontally structured world where, um, you know, the the paths to um, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness becomes like a really um, accessible thing for every single person. Um, and our value isn't based on how much we work. We aren't commodified. Our bodies aren't commodified. Like when we reach that world, then the hopefully the immobile ones will be like, okay, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the free housing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> when you were talking about uh, values, like the first thing I was like, next date I go on, ask about <laughs> what are your values? <laughs> so I'm going to make sure we're aligned. <laughs> 
well, it's very yeah. true. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, and values can change. And, and I think we can look at, I mean, I think that a value I had and I like, I'm like, oh, I don't like that one. I'm going to get rid of that one was like efficiency. Mm. Like I was, I really centered efficiency. And then, then um, through work I've been doing and a lot of reading I've been doing, I'm like, oh, efficiency is, is like a white supremacist value. Like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to value space, yes. um, nuance and, um, and uh, doing things well instead of doing them quickly yes. uh, instead. So I'm going to shift my, you know, behaviors and take that on as those on instead of efficiency. Yeah. Um, That's that's deep. And I say that because <laughs> I was uh, running a group, running, running, not running, but like facilitating a group. And one of the girls had asked me like um, her issue around per- perfectionism and like her, how can she, how can not necessarily stop, but like I guess stop the her her thoughts of perfectionism, and I was like, I guess the question for me to her was, um, have you thought about where that perfectionism even came from? Like, why do you think this is the way to to success, or your this way to feel um, great about something? I said, for me, if you think about it, uh, right, everyone's trying to be in the center right? And the center is, is whiteness. And the center is, in some cases, male white. That's like perfectionist, right? Or in a sense, and you think about um, societal norms and beauty standards. What is it always goes to is always stem to whiteness. It always stems to this thing. And she's like, oh my gosh, I had never thought about that. I was like, so why are you, what is, where's the perfection coming from and why? So we had this good conversation around whiteness, supremacy, and um, trying to be in the center, trying to achieve to be in a space that we might not, that we don't as, as in wherever identities we walk in has access to. And as a woman, we might not have access to that, but from the gaze of the male or this has access to you. So what does that perfectionist look like? And she was like, ugh. <laughs> Right. Well, that's astute as hell, Jess. That was... <laughs> but it just, it's your thought, it's same thing around like efficiency. Where like, why are, what is the goal of like trying to move quick to get to this thing? Who are we, who are we trying to, who, who needs to see that? Like, what is the, <laughs> what is it? Who are we trying to make right? Or who are we trying to get to see this or? Is it us? Is it is it this person? Is it that person? When we start doing stuff for ourselves, think about, I mean, we, we relax a little bit more. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a that's a great way to frame it. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're you're welcome. You know, we all do our work, and you do a dope. You do dope shit. But the, I like what you said around you know, um, qual. It's like quality over like uh, quantity. And quantity is time, right? It's how often it's uh, all those things. You can't do things all the time. You might not get what you want out of it. And all of that stems from what? 
potentially surprising. <laughs> what? I was like, it all it all can stem from this concept of of the center. Yeah, and the center is whiteness. Yeah. What uh, I'm curious, what what um, what writing you use for that, or, or is that just your? Um, I I was assigned to read uh, Gloria Anzaldúa, um, the, the, who talks about the center and borderlands. Yes. yes uh, for yes, yes. for my job and. Yes. Uh, and so I was just curious if that was your source or if you... That is not my source. That is just years of being a Black female. <laughs> to, I mean, just to like, and, and years of reevaluating um, the concept of perfection and the concept of who's looking at me and why. And, um, and then seeing that kind of mentality through a lot of my, my friends growing up and then in some of the most mostly being white female, having this like need to want to achieve or not want to say achieve because achieving whatever goal you need is great. But this idea of like, I've got to be perfect. And I've always been like, your perfect, your pet perfectionism is completely different to mine. You're going to, you could potentially achieve this perfectionism. Potentially. I can't like, no matter what I do. I can't achieve whatever this perfectionism world is because I am not a desired human in societal sense. Black women and in and, and some ways are just not the desire and I'm air quoting for the world. <laughs> for so, the listeners <laughs> at home. Yeah, this for, is not, <laughs> this is not her opinion. Listeners no, at home. She no, no, is like, air quoting. Air quoting <laughs> the thing. And so when, when I was leading this facilitation, last year and the person had asked me that it just reminded me of a lot of my white female friends who wants to just like be perfect and I was always like for who though who who right so that's that's where my ideologies come from and of course a little bit of science and a little bit of reading and um and things of that nature so and you talking about borderlands is it's okay to say are you, are you with the because uh, i Ch chicago and rich is where i do yeah i do i work uh, for time with them as a trainer oh yeah i love them so much <laughs> i have it's been an incredible experience i'm oh. quite humbled to be there it is um i am so you are perfect for being there that's so kind because I feel like my my colleagues are uh, very um, you know they have a lot of academia behind their work and mine is all activism. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm like I know what to do, but I don't know how to talk about it all the time. <laughs> but you know, I, as I said, I've been assigned a lot of great reading and um, yeah. It is I, my first workshop I took from them was understanding uh, intro to racism because I was working mm. at an organization and I was like, okay, sure, I'll go to this thing. Man, it was so powerful and it was so um, enlightening, um, and it it kept it gives you like historical and like some grounded facts to like the aspects of everything because it goes into like imperialism, colonialism, all of that. Um, and then I ended up doing the three day one couple years later now like six seven years ago I did a three-day training yearly at one of my jobs 
Um, and they used to, we talked about Borderlands then, we used to do this fishbowl activity. And that's when it was another organization called CROAR, I believe. Yeah, they're still, they're still an organization. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're doing the training. So I've been like embodied in this, <laughs> this understanding of DEI or anti-racism work for a couple of years. Um, so I, I think you're perfect for it. That's just me. That's my humble opinion. <laughs> um, where your life has taken you. I mean, I'm still working there. Yeah. So well, there's that. <laughs> you're still work- Something's right. You're still yeah. there. Yeah. Everyone's like, who's this, this crazy white woman you come with <laughs> experience in some way. But the, it, once again, experience, like, what is it? What is that these days? Like, it's, is it life? Is it work? Like, you qualified, in my opinion. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I, I would say I, um, I mean, part of it is just that I'm, I've been in the Chicago arts community for so long that there's just a lot of inner workings and stuff that I understand and I can address directly. Um, But also like I can be, uh, and this is how Enrich is structured now. I don't know if it was the same, but we um, pair up. So there's always a facilitator who is black or a person of color and a facilitator who's white so that we can take the white people and say, um, the rest of the room doesn't need to deal with this. Here, you come with me. <laughs> and we'll, you know, um, and to do and to set up caucusing and yes. and stuff like that. So so part of it, part of the structure, and it's interesting because I've been considering some of the the um writers that I really like, like on Instagram, who've been criticizing white people in anti-racism work. And I'm like, yep, I hear that, I understand that. Um I also in in my specific position and I'm open to to critique about it is a bit of it is to take the burden off of the facilitators who are black and mm-hmm. people of color black, yeah. because there are certain things that like I mean we had this happen in our conversation where I was like oh what are your sources and you're like my life and I'm like right I had to read a book about it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so like there's the difference yeah Yes, yes. Is um yes. and the thing you talked about at the at the top of this about like about um this awakening and I think it has been uh, in a lot of ways universal but the awakening for white people has been different. Yes. Um and like and like you shouldn't have to deal with that. You know? Well, <laughs> like I, like I... like I should deal with with that. Like I should yeah. deal with that energy. Yeah. in a in a in a mixed room yeah. you know what I mean like I mean if you don't want to if you want to great but like yeah. Ch- choice that's it uh, that's that choice I think both of those things adds adds perspective and um and the willingness of like this tag teaming of whenever uh maybe a, a topic or an activity could like be draining and like how do you uh tag team in it's a very very cool, interesting way. But to your t- to your point of like, should non-BIPOC people be doing anti-racism work? Man, there was a week where that was like all the articles on LinkedIn. And I was like, this is a very interesting conversation that I want to have, but not on the internet. You know what mm. I mean? It's, it's like, I, there, there is parts of me where I'm like, yes, this should only be the work of this, this, and this. But then I'm like, mm, maybe not. This should 
be the work of people who get it or understand it, people who are willing to lean into discomfort, people who are willing to have challenging conversations, people who are willing to actually actively have perspective shift and change and have a growth mindset. And if you are not BIPOC and Black, then maybe that's the space for you. Because I think the, the way to do that work as a white person is to acknowledge your whiteness. You can't go into this work, into that work and just like, like not address the fact that you're benefiting off of the thing, my, my ancestral labor, like this is, this is where we are. So that's where I fall in that like ideal of it. Sometimes. Well, and I think there's a difference between also, and, and again, not to like defend myself because I'll, I'll step down. I love to quit, you know? <laughs> So the I, I will leave. I'll leave in a second. Um, I mean, I, you know, um, but I uh, is the difference between capitalizing on it, mm-hmm. you know, yes. making a million dollars on a book yes. versus just having a job to pay your expenses, yes. Yes. which is where I'm at. Right. Yes. Like I'm not capitalizing off of it. I don't think I am again, open to criticism on that. I, I think I'm, I have a job, a part-time job doing this work um and they came to me too like yeah. so you know what I mean yeah. so so like it that's you're doing something which like you must be do- if someone's coming to you Molly somebody just saw something on the internet and said yes or a close friend since I know we might have a mutual friend that used to work there so like you are doing things like you are doing things that's that may you might not necessarily thought was like this would lead me to that trajectory of my journey of my life. But it also was like, okay, this person gets it. So let's see how they may feel about coming on board to this new place. Once again, who am I? I'm just a a bystander scrolling through the Instagram. (laughs) Just going off of perspective and thought. But I do think another important element of it though is a a willingness to also step down. Yeah. Like I do, like in, in my position to be like, oh, am I, am I done here? Because we've reached a, a different place. Yeah. Uh, then, then I'm done and yeah. I will go and figure something else out. Like, I think that yeah. there's that too, that, that, that what, um, a lot of the, the think pieces that I'm sure you and I were reading many of the same ones, uh, about this topic, uh, is this idea of like, once you start making a living off of something that's harmful, do you perpetuate the harm so you can keep working? And that's a horrible, like, right? Like, like we don't want there to be cancer doctors because we don't want there to be cancer. <laughs> so like, you know, like we don't, yeah, white anti-racist people in anti-racism work, um, you know, yeah, we should not be laying down the ground for this to be a, lo- a lifelong career. Mm. right like this should be work that's done because it needs to be done and then hopefully we evolve and the work Mm. is not necessary anymore yeah how do you take this work into your your personal life as you especially as you think about like allyship and like performative allyship and like just in like how does it look for molly to to have active practices in her life I mean, I think the biggest shift in terms of um, what I've learned in working there. So I started in October 
um, what I've learned in working there and, and all of the avenues that have opened up to me in terms of uh, literature um, on the subject um, is this uh, a shift from um, kind of working for the people that I know and care about mm. and my specific community, the theater community. And um, so like, if the wealth of my actions were directly related to my field and the people I knew and, and I know and care about, um, uh, then when I start asking myself the question of, what if I, in my life, started centering Black lives, mm. you know, not just like try to get my friend's work or like stand up for people in labor situations, but what if, what if I started centering Black lives, mm. people I don't know, people I don't like, mm people who I disagree with, mm. who are black. Mm. Like how, what, what happens when I, I start um, supporting the humanity <laughs> of black lives? Mm. And then and extensions of that, what, if, what happens if in my life I start centering um, any, anyone with a racialized identity? Mm -hmm. What happens if I start centering trans lives? What happens if I start centering um, the lives of people with disabilities? What does my, what does my day-to-day -day life look like? And I take that from the, a question that uh, Nina Sanchez asks organizations sometimes, like, what if your organization did this? And I was like, wait, what if I did that? <laughs> what if I did that? Um, and so I think the, sh the, the shift from the personal, right? Like, like working for working personally for people that I know and care about or who share my, um, my career, um, and into a larger, uh, span of, of thinking about where my money is going to, um, you know, divestment, um, yeah. who, who I'm supporting financially. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then the more, like the less, uh, worky feeling of that is like what am I listening to for music mm. what am I what what fiction am I reading and and this actually comes from conversations with our friend Bear Bellinger oh, I love Bear. Um, who, Bear Bellinger hey boo hi Bear hey Bear <laughs> um I was saying like I haven't read fiction in so long like everything I read is history or commentary or you know it's all it's all nonfiction. and he was like oh it's really important that you read fiction mm. because you're going to and this was in in um conversation about um about anti-racism yeah. he's he was like you you're going to have a different avenue in to experience when you read fiction by a black author or a brown author yes, yes. and I was like oh yeah and then like looking at my bookshelf I was like everything I have by an author who isn't white is about their identity it's about racism 
it's about ableism, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't have like any creative work of music. I had music, but yeah. I didn't have uh, literature, uh, fiction by people who weren't white. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So that was like a big shift too. Um, what did you add to your your book collection? Oh my gosh. Well, um, I... I started with um, N.K. Jemison. Okay. Um, with the Broken Earth trilogy. Um, uh, the Deep. Do you know about this book, The Deep? No. Um, David Diggs from Hamilton. Yes. And this author, um, who's a non-binary author, Rivers Solomon, wrote this amazing fantasy book about... Um, the uh, about mermaids who are the descendants of women who were thrown overboard of slave ships who were pregnant <gasps> Get, yeah it's so it's called the deep and it's amazing I'm not giving it that's like the back of the cover description like I'm not giving a secret away like that's that's where the world starts that's is, where it starts oh that's where it starts is the mermaids are this Wow. They are, you know, they're, they're brought that, that, that mothers that were thrown overboard, give birth in the sea and the whales bring up the babies and they become, and now there's like mermaids. I just had to write it down just in case I can put it on my bookshelf. <laughs> and, and, and if I think if I have this right, David Diggs actually wrote a song first that had this concept and then collaborated to write the book. So it's also, it's like a, it's like an art collective piece. Uh, it's a song and, and a novel. Love um, Love so it. yeah, that was great. Um, and then, um, uh, Tomi Adiemi, okay. uh, the children of blood and bone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. Book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so those are, those are what come to mind immediately. <laughs> uh, that is, I just got some Octavia. Uh, oh yeah. Got some of her and then good old classic Toni Morrison. Um, those are, she's just classic. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, actually, I had read Toni Morrison. Yeah. I, I, I had read Toni Morrison. Yes. But again, like that's like almost like canon, right? Yeah. Like that's like white education canon. It's like, yes, it is. Yes, it so. is. Um, and, uh, Zora Lee Thurston, uh, their eyes are watching God. Uh, Ooh, I want to write that down. Cause I don't, I don't oh, that's the, one of the first off black authors I read. Um, and I was unfortunately in college and I say, unfortunately, because I would have been, ha- well, lies, lies. The first black author I were read was Ap- April Sinclair. And it was my mom's book and I shouldn't have been reading it. And it was called coffee will make you black. <laughs> And it is this coming of age story of this, I think it's that, yeah, I think that's the title of uh, this young woman who was just kind of going through life and a young black woman just going through adulthood. And and it was like one of those cute little bop uh, stories, but it it was definitely had some adult content in it. And I probably should not have been reading that at 14 and 15, but you know. How else are you going to learn? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it was great. Oh my gosh, you've been a blast. You're so wonderful, Molly. It's, I 
think you're wonderful. Oh. I, I have a hard time like taking on all of this positive energy. It's, what, it's lovely. You are lovely. And I'm like, I don't deserve it, but I'm going to try to believe that I do. Thank you. That's, that's so great. <laughs> if you had, um, I'm going to end with these two questions. If you had like two, two things or how would you, uh, how do I want to word this question, Jail, without sounding, um, or how two two tips of like being uh, an ally in a sense that doesn't make you performative? How do you don't get to the performative place? Move out of the space of feeling bad and into the space of what are you doing with your time and your money? Mm. Um and start immediately and do it daily. Mm. Um, those, uh, and an expansion on that is, I think there are people uh, who think that by f- feeling bad, they're doing the work. And that's, you know, like I'm emotionally, I heard the word and I, I, I am sorry to offend, um, ally fatigue. And I was like, yes. absolutely not. <laughs> We are not going to ever use those words together again. Anyway, no, thank you. Oh, I really hope that's not a new term because I will come for it. I will come for it. Um, But yeah, this idea of like, if I, I feel bad, I cry, I cry over Tamir Rice. And it's like, yeah, you, you should, we should, we should mourn, but that's not the work. Mm. That's, Mm. you know, like yes. that's, that's the start of understand. like that's, that's your humanity. You, you should have that. We should have that. And we should be there for each other for that. Yes. And it's not, I'm not discounting having that emotional response, but we n- need to decipher that that isn't anti-racism work. Mm. And the, and the, the membrane to cross is how you feel about it and what you're doing about it. And doing means I mean, and I, you know, I hate, I hate money, but the way things are now, we have to buy stuff yeah. usually or steal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever we have to share, whatever we have, whether it's money or, or resources or whatever, like that, that we are, um, that we're, we're sharing those things and not, and we're being conscious about, um, what, what we're doing, what we're buying, what we're listening to, Mm. who we're reading, um, who we're supporting, uh, the, you know, having, um, having a white check-in buddy is a great thing. Now I've added three things. Sorry, you asked for two, but like having a, a, an, a, an accountability buddy or two or that three. Same group. Of yeah. Whatever identity. So that, so that we're not throwing all of our new discoveries yes. on you all who are like, yeah, we've been here. Uh, we know. <laughs> um, which is definitely something I've been guilty of. Um, and you know, luckily I have friends who are, you know, straight with me and will be like, I don't want to talk to you about this. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, I literally uh, had to do that a couple of days ago, a friend of mine was just like, can we talk about the vaccine? And I was like, I, if you're going to ask me about like 
uh, African-Americans. And I was like, I literally just spent a whole day talking about anti-racism work. I don't have, I am, this isn't the time. This is, I can't, I can't, I don't have any more to give you. Like, I, yeah, boundaries, boundaries. Yes, 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 yes. Please and thank you. And you know what? Therapy too. Oh! Like really, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, again, like there, there are a lot of things that people say because of that white people say that we say because of like we're having this awakening Mm -hmm. and it's like you know that's that's something you should work through with your therapist that's maybe like maybe a mixed space is not the place Mm -hmm. to put this burden like pay a doctor Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help you with that because again those feelings aren't the work that's your work yeah right that's yeah the, for you your work is to go get not everyone's work at this not everyone's work is the same because everyone is on a different on at different levels of this anti-racism journey everyone's on different levels you need to find the work that we the, the work that works for you and then wherever you start seeing your potential grow in that that's what i love when you say start immediate and do it often daily <laughs> it's beautiful it's amazing well molly oh this is this is what I really hate about podcasts. Or just mine. Um, I like you know, this is like sometimes the only interaction I get with my people. So I'm just like I could just go on for days about this conversation. And you're so enlightening. And I love that. Thank you. And as as I do every all of my guests, if any of that made sense, because I'm for some reason keep getting that. So if anyone is listening, I hope you all are. But Molly, I like yes. to end my show with a start, stop, and continue. So what would you, what would you like to start? What would you like to stop? And what would you like to continue? Uh, I'm gonna. They don't have to be in that order. Great. I I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna do this as a personal reflection. I love it. I love okay. It. Yes. Um, so I need to, in having, uh, gone into the real world last week for the first time in a, in a real way, I realized that I need to start a practice of exercising how to interact with the world, uh, Mm. (laughs) after quarantine. Mm. Um, and that includes, uh, commitments to my values in rooms that don't share my values. Mm. Um, Holding a boundary in room, like what I found was, I was like, oh, it's really hard to hold a boundary in a room that doesn't share my values. Since I've been in a house with my wonderful girlfriend and our good friend Mar for a year living here, just the three of us, like in a little queerdo utopia so like and having these kinds of conversations that you and I have had you know what I mean so yeah like like going into another place I I was really thrown off because Mm -hmm. I'm just out of practice so I need to start uh making uh plans on how to hold boundaries outside of my home yes (laughs) yes that's real real. I love it um stop. I, this is a lifelong thing. I need to stop my poor sleeping habits. I have a terrible, I don't sleep. I'm not a good sleeper. And 
I, I'm forever looking to stop my bad bed behaviors. Mm. Um, so there's that everyone so you can uh, what I'm hearing is you Molly's probably up at two three o'clock in the morning <laughs> anytime really yes I am like I go to sleep and then I wake up all all night and it's just it's I mean decades of living oh. this and it's just a it's such a drag oh. um so <laughs> I gotta like stop I really like this time I really have to stop um <laughs> I want to well, continue. Continue. Sorry, yeah. stop, continue. I want to continue practicing uh, curiosity mm. and finding joy. Um, I love my house and my girlfriend and our friend who lives here and all of our animals. And I love improving our house and cooking great food uh, and taking in awesome music and having really uh, strong affection and sex practice, uh, reading a lot, building stuff, fixing stuff. Um, like, like doing yard work brings me incredible joy mm. because, because I'm not living the hustle lifestyle. I have time to take care of my home. And so like doing yard work is joyful instead of like, I gotta get this done. Um, and I just started a daily art practice and I'm going to keep on that. So that, those are my continuations. Oh, I love it. Molly, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) I, this was, you are everything that I'm glad that you are. Um, you are wonderful and we are so lucky to have you on this earth and this plane and in Chicago, breathing and living and giving, uh, giving yourself in a way that only Molly knows how to and only we know how to receive. And that in itself is a gift. And I just appreciate you and your energy and your perspective and your willingness to like to continue to grow. And, and you've been like that for as long as I've just known you and not even just on these topics, like on just everything. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. And I really hope people get to see you on the stage again. Cause you light it up. Well, thanks. I want to be there. And I do want to interject. I do have to say um, that, that uh, arriving at the age that I am, I also have fucked up a lot Uh-oh. and you learn, you learn a lot by making massive mistakes. So like, that's the other thing. So if they're like younger listeners, yeah. like again, like you were talking about the, the value of, of trying to achieve perfection, yeah. like fuck it up and say you're sorry and mean Whoa. it and fix it and fix like, and you know. I, listen, I forgot you was turning 50. You've lived some life. <laughs> and Yes, everyone. In the words of Molly, go fuck it up. Apologize. You may fuck it up again and apologize again and just keep moving. Molly said, I didn't say that. Like those words. (laughs) You can say it too. Uh, Well, thank you so, so much. I, I love you so much. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You're wonderfully made, and I, 
I just, I'm like so ecstatic by your energy and, and love. And I thank you. Well, is there any, anywhere the folks can find you on the, uh, on the, uh, the Instagram, I'm monster clown girl, monster clown girl. And I have a public account. So, uh, I'm pretty easy to find. And I think that's it. I got off of everything else. Oh. Um, but Anything upcoming on the, on the, in the, the world's project. You know what? Nothing I can talk about. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, like I do, but like, it's like, um, it's like in terms of acting stuff. Yes. Good old and good old NDAs. Can't say nothing until you can say something. Yeah. Uh, Y'all will catch her, uh, either on the screen or on the stage or in someone's virtual show. Who knows? Um, but if you follow her on her IG, I'm sure she'll let you all know. That, my friends, is the end of this episode of Tomfooler and Shenanigans. I am your girl, Jess V. You can find me on the J.Journey on the Instagrams as well as the J.Creates. You might even be able to send Tomfooler and Shenanigans an email about your thoughts and things and whatnots. And if you're a troll, I'll probably delete the fuck out of you. But everyone else, come on through. That is Shenanigans at gmail.com. And you'll find us on the Patreon whenever I get that thing started so whenever you're listening this could be in may june or july it may or may not be there because i'm a real human and life happens but the patreon may or may not be there and i love the fact that i get to say that as many times as i want because now it's like a little surprise for y'all like is it gonna be up is it not um but you might be able to see this actual recording of this episode in the meantime i am your girl jess v this is tom fuller and shenanigans and you are who are you what's your name molly brennan Yes, Molly Brennan. And that is the end. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. I love that part. Time for re-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-